now. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, David, it's going pretty good, man. It's uh, the snow is finally gone. You know, sun, summer seems to have arrived. It's uh, just some time for us to stay indoors and imagine going outside. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. It was some nice weather here. I'm in a small town, so um, right now I'm on the tip of Lake Erie in Port Stanley. And it's funny, you can go to next to the beach, but there's like an OPP basically permanently stationed at the beach. So you can't walk on the beach because that's then you'll get oh, COVID. But, but have you thought I can about getting be outside? I mean, that to me would be motivation for exercise. Like if I wanted to get into running, I'd I, head down to the beach, wait for a cop to start chasing me and just start running, see if I could outrun the guy. I was actually thinking yesterday, how far into the lake could I get before he caught me? Am I allowed in the lake but <laughs> right. not the beach? I don't know. I also was thinking, you might find this funny. So like at the like sidewalk, there's a bunch of sand patches, right? And I was wondering, am I not allowed to step on the sand patches? Is that the beach? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Will he come and get me? (laughs) Yeah. We could start making a game out of this, right? Uh, The COVID Olympics or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But so so we wanted to talk because it's, you know, it's still obviously very much going on uh yes covid and and Ooh, so yeah. you're you're in a unique position because you are a healthcare worker despite some people claiming otherwise maybe but um you're oh, a healthcare okay. you're a healthcare worker but you're a libertarian and so you have different views than the average and you you've been te- you were telling me how some people are offended uh by this and right. and in particular, it's like you're a double traitor. It's not just that you're going against the sh- social norms, but it's like, how can you claim to care about people and provide these services while also going against the social norms? So why don't you fill me right. in a bit more about, uh, about what's been going on with that? No, you know, I've been, I've been kind of grappling with, you know, what's the best response? What, what ought the role of government, what, what should it be in a pandemic? Like, when does it have the right to use force? what would be considered protective force and what would cross the line into initiatory force. Right. So I've kind of been thinking long and hard about that because that's, you know, the the primary thing is I try to think about a principled response to something like this. And, uh, you know, I've been kind of up in the air, but generally speaking, I've kind of come to the conclusion that, uh, you know, even if, even if COVID had a hundred percent fatality rate, let's say um, we still shouldn't have lockdowns. I, you know, and that's not because I want people to die. It's because I, I understand that people are responsible for themselves and that I can't think of how this virus, how it's anyone's fault, but my own, if I get the virus by, because I left my house, I can protect myself 100% from this virus, by just staying in my, in my house. And so as soon as I leave the house, um, I start increasing my risk of getting it. Definitely, if I go grocery shopping and there's people around, I increase my risk of getting it. Um, but I just don't see how it's anyone's fault but my own if I get it. Now, the caveat to that would be uh, someone in a like a vulnerable person in a nursing home who requires care from a custodian or from a, a care provider. And then that care provider has a duty of care to that person. Their, their job is to protect them. And so there could be situations where they violate that duty of care and, um, and, and are responsible for giving me the virus if I'm 
if I'm their ward or whatever. So, so that's about the only case I could find. But, but that would then not be the fault of some kids hanging out at the skate park. That would be the fault of the care provider, right? So right. again, we don't lock down the kids at the skate park because a care provider didn't can't do her job or is is negligent or something like that in a in a nursing home. So, you know, and then also I think that that people in a nursing home who um you know, maybe I'm 90 years old. I'm, I have a lot of comorbidities. I maybe have, if I live the rest of this year, I'll be lucky. Um, should I be forced to be locked down, cut away from my family and not be allowed to hug them? Like maybe I want to risk having some family around in my, my lot, the last year of my life. Uh, even if I risk shortening my life by contracting COVID. I, I'm definitely going with the family route because right. I'm not going to die alone and confined because some public health official or, uh, uh, you know, a busybody doesn't want people to die from COVID. That, that should be up to me whether I want to take that risk or not. So, so, so that's just to lay out the background of how I've thought about this and how deeply I've thought, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, recently I posted on, on Facebook an article that, that outlines that, Sweden's doing pretty good. Like they, they, there's no been no catastrophe. Their uh, death rate is higher than most places, most developed countries, but it's not the highest either. Um, and, and, but it's still well below what the models predicted as, you know, the best case scenario even. <laughs> um, and so it's doing quite well. And um there, it looks like they might be getting close to herd immunity and, you know, life has, has carried on there. Mm. And so I just kind of posted this article and, and I had another healthcare worker just slam me, right? Like, you know, and she went on about how uh, she's seen people die, like with no comorbidities and imagine you were that person's family and like just trying to guilt trip and manipulate me into, and, and I didn't even say, I, whether I supported a lockdown or not, but I guess she, she implied that I want to open things up and just have like a, whatever free for all and want people mm-hmm. to die just so I can get my hair cut or something. This is kind of the motives that people are ascribing. How can you call yourself a healthcare worker? Right. You know, my daughter is seeing the same kind of thing on, in her social media sphere with her, like, you know, she, she has, uh, belongs to groups with a bunch of other young paramedics in social media. And she's saying things like, Oh, there, there was a protest at the legislature here in Alberta, Mm -hmm. about a hundred people showed up and said, open up the economy. Right. And a few of her coworkers are posting things. If you support this, you don't support me and you can unfriend me right now. Right. And so, so this is the kind of thing that is going on. So it's very difficult for healthcare workers who you know, are concerned about the the lockdowns to to voice their opinion because the mainstream opinion is that uh, if you don't support the lockdowns, you want people to die, and that's right. that's that's a problem. And you know, I, yeah. I I followed up. It kind of bugged me, so I followed up, and you know, I just wrote a little thing. I said, look, um, you know, I am a healthcare worker, and I are you, Tim. <laughs> I am. I look, I look after people. You know what? I went to my first stuck fart in a long time yesterday. And, and your first like, what? Uh, uh, my first stuck fart in a long time yesterday. Uh, someone with a stuck fart. 
Okay. Uh, you know, so things seem to be getting back to normal. Well, people are calling now for their stuck farts again. So I was right. like, oh, maybe this is a positive thing. But <laughs> it was funny. She, this lady actually burped and then she felt better all of a sudden and didn't need to go to the hospital. So, right. it was, you know, we're, we're getting back to normal. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, no, I, I, I said, look, as a healthcare provider, first of all, I, I think it's unprofessional unprofessional for me to make judgments about people's lifestyle and risks, right? I just think that's unprofessional. It's unseemly. It's not immoral to make those kinds of judgments. But you know, if someone is fat and having a heart attack, I don't sit there and scold them or, or right. look down on them because of all the, the, you know, slurpees they've drank and the bad food they've eaten over the years, even though all that having that kind of diet is risky and will inevitably lead to something like this. Um, and I additionally, I don't, I, I, and I think it's immoral for me to advocate for violence to be used against people who take risks that I don't agree with. So I, I think it's unprofessional to make the judgment. And I think it's unethical to advocate for violence to be used against people who take risk. And to me, this should be a non-starter for this should be the default position for a healthcare provider. I mean, the Hippocratic oath, oath is first do no harm. That could be translated into do not initiate force. Do not advocate for the initiation of force, right? And so I said, look, I think this should be the default position. I think that people that don't advocate for this are unethical and, and can't call themselves healthcare providers. I could make that argument. But I, I extend good faith to other healthcare practitioners who want a lockdown. I just assume that, that they have some empathy for people. They don't want people to die, but they just haven't thought very clearly about right. the ethics around violence. And so there's, they're unknowingly or unthinkingly supporting a violent regime and force being used against people uh, and that sort of thing. So I just yeah. simply ask for that good faith to be returned to me. Don't don't assume that I'm operating out of bad faith where I want people to die just because I don't want to use force to keep people confined in perpetuity. Yeah, so that's that's a lot. And I, and I think it paints a good broad picture of where you're coming from and, and the situation that you're in now with respect to other healthcare workers. And I mean, it it highlights the place you're in and we're in kind of generally. I have five points that came to mind. I don't know if I okay. should go well, into all How five of them. How can you keep track of five points? I could maybe have like two points and but I forget the second I'm, one. But, but so one, I, the first one I don't want to go into, it's that I think, you know, we might disagree on the role of government in this situation and when or they, when they can or cannot, you know, actually confine people. But I just want to, I don't want to dive into that because that's not the point of this episode but the two and a half other things i guess one is we we did a full episode on how people aren't actually thinking about this properly and and like the importance of epistemology and thinking about this clearly right and so that comes up with um you know them not understanding sorry i lost my train of thought but you're right. I can't keep track of all of these things at once. But um, I distracted you with that. Comment. Yeah, no, but so, well, regardless, I think it's important to actually be able to think about it properly. So you had said, you know, they think either we should lock things down or you want to kill everyone, right? Like, and, yeah. and that's just the way they are thinking about it. And it's because they have a certain approach they're taking and they can't actually parse it out. And so I think that's important 
that we need to slow down and actually try and think through what's going on, what are all of the details. For example, I was talking to a friend about, you know, I think businesses can be open and I can go to a, quote, non-essential business and be as safe as I am going to a Walmart, right? The, the point of what is open or not right. shouldn't matter for if I can go there safely. If there's one person in a books in a bookstore, right? There's so many examples of how to think through this more clearly. And I connecting it to your last point, I think it's so important. And this is what libertarians, objectivists get a lot across the board is people don't extend as if I actually care about people. They assume yeah. if I disagree in the, my thinking or in my outcomes that I'm evil, right? And so I've, had, I've been going through this with friends specifically. And I've had to like really highlight, look, no, fundamentally, we have the same things we're aiming at. We care about people. We want the best for people. We just fundamentally disagree about how to get there. I don't think you're a piece of human garbage for that, but you seem to think I'm a piece of human garbage for that, right? And that really, I mean, that happens on both sides of the political sphere, but it's very evident to me, at least on the left, right? If you aren't a leftist, you're human garbage because the government is how we care about people, right? And then this connects to my last point, which is, I think the last point, which is that it's actually surprising to me how tribalist the healthcare workers seem to be, right? Because I mean, everything you were saying about that is very much what you see in sort of the 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 group think on again, I come from the left. So you know, if you're a gay, you should think this way about gay issues or this way about issues. And if you're not, you're invalidating my uh, if you don't agree, you're invalidating me. And you're not really a gay person. You like you're a traitor or like, you know, black people who disagree with the mainstream black, they're, you know, a Uncle Tom or whatever it is. Um, and so it's impressive to me that that extends to, um, you know, healthcare workers even, but it's this tribal mentality because it's really getting everywhere now, right? You have to find yeah. your tribe. You're one of us. If, if, how dare you speak out? You're, you're not a healthcare worker, Tim. And so I don't know how any of that is connected to each other, but you had, you had pulled a lot. And so I think no. really what it comes down to is two main things is, Again, people aren't thinking about it clearly and people feel good about, well, I'm in the majority, so I must be morally good and you're not. So you must be morally evil. And it seems they don't try to think about it more clearly than that. Yeah. Well, three points come to mind. Uh, two of them are gone. Two of them are gone. So I'll go at the last one I remember. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Like healthcare workers, you know, it is true. Like a lot of guys I talk to at work kind of quietly saying, you oh, know, I, I agree with you. Right. Uh, I think this lockdown is ridiculous. Um, you know, and you know, I, and honestly in, in my, in my work, it's a masculine culture, right? It's all, all dudes. And yeah. most of them don't really care. They're, they kind of shrug and go, I don't know if the lockdown's the right thing or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. And some of them have stronger opinions like me, like, yeah, it shouldn't be locked down kind of thing. Right. There's, there's a few guys that are pro lockdown, but they just kind of, you know, no one's really, really cares. We just kind of roll with it. But, but right. definitely and- in EMS circles where, you know, um, like my daughter, <laughs> my daughter can't, say her opinion without right. like, having a shit storm rain down on her. Right. Um, and yeah. I feel kind of bad for that, but, th- but it's because of that thing you talk about. It's like the government sets the mainstream opinion 
and the 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 healthcare. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, the government's very pragmatic. They want to follow the opinion, right? They don't set right. it. They maybe yeah, that, no, that's, that's it a fair. Bit. That's that's fair. Yeah. So the mainstream opinion is clearly what the government is putting out, right? Um, and and the, the people that parrot that uh, can parrot it loud and proud at work and never be right. challenged or questioned. But people who see that that's obvious obvious bullshit right. um, can have to keep their mouth shut. Um, so. It takes obviously it takes moral courage probably to speak up when you know that um, future employers could be watching your own employer can be watching like uh, other healthcare workers could whatever right try to make your life hell for having what you think is the most ethical opinion that is most compassionate towards people but they disagree with you so you're terrible kind of thing right and it's it's really just been interesting as I've you know shifted in my views generally how I'm just deemed evil, right? Like I can't, and it's like, it's people who've known me for a long time. And I really shared like deep things about myself and my struggles and how I'm really trying to be the best person possible. And these are the conclusions I've come to, but then they disagree with something and I'm just an evil piece of, of garbage. Right. But what's interesting to me is I wonder if, if cancel culture will hit COVID, right? So you see cancel culture about all these other things but I guess it, I've not really heard much about people losing their jobs or celebrities uh, getting like canceled over disagreeing with the mainstream on this. But I guess it's such a big issue and more people are speaking out against the lockdowns. But I mean, I just read a little bit about Elon Musk saying like, you know, free America or whatever right. and people freaking out. And it's interesting to read everyone saying this guy's clearly an idiot and he's evidence that being rich doesn't make you smart because he has yeah. the not mainstream view on the pandemic. And then they just, again, they disregard, he built Tesla, he built SpaceX, he built, helped build PayPal. Oh, but he's an idiot because he doesn't agree. Lock everyone in their homes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a left libertarian post this morning in case you were, uh, you were wondering whether Elon Musk is uh an evil guy or an evil villain uh, hiding behind profits or something like that. And then posted a bunch of tweets of him um, questioning the, the, the narrative. And uh, you know, some of his, some of his tweets were a little out there, like comparing COVID to the common cold or something like that is probably a little bit hyperbolic, but to ascribe it to being him being evil is Utterly yeah, ridiculous, but, right? But that's they're just valid. Like, it's they him think thinking billionaires are inherently evil, right? Right. Like, that's it's the, for sure. Do you do you want to talk a bit more about what it's like within the healthcare circle and that experience? Because I have a bit, I have a track that I want to go down potentially around a pist- like the thinking of it a bit more, but not if you have sure. more to, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, well, I mean, it, it th- there's a lot of things that are, are bugging me about healthcare workers right now, like some of yeah. them, right? Uh, you know, there, there was this uh, picture, some healthcare workers posing as it, as if it's the last supper, and, okay, you know, yeah. kind of comparing themselves selves to Jesus or something like that, sacrificing themselves for all mankind. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this, this idea that people have to stop living lives so that our jobs aren't difficult so that we don't have to see dead people so that we don't have to be run off our feet or something like that. I find that kind of stuff just 
it's it's almost reprehensible to me that healthcare workers are behaving that way. Yeah, there's um, a lot of signs like we don't go home, so stay home for us or something like that, right? Yeah, like they yeah. can't see their they can't see their loved ones. So, I mean, this is the job they signed up for as well, right? Like it's part right. they know there's issues and one thing that comes to mind, you mentioned when we were talking, I don't know, a long time ago actually about firefighters and how some of them it goes to their head they become womanizers and stuff and we also yeah. talked about you know this you know are you essential are you not essential that kind of thing have you seen many healthcare workers that this is really getting to their head that they actually think that like a bit of a messiah complex and like any of that sort of thing yeah no i, I haven't seen that in person per se, you know, cause I mm. work with guys that are pretty level headed and, and right. you know, they they have hum- humility, let's say they're more mature. I, I work with a more mature bunch of guys now. Yeah. Um, but I certainly see it on social media, like uh, th- those kinds of posts with the last supper and with, you know, to me that is in, in indicative of this kind of hero complex where you are elevating yourself to this elevated status that's higher than, the grocery store worker, or the truck driver, or, you know, the, the comic book store owner, the essential like of the essentials, right? You are the, you are this, you're on the front line battling this thing out and you deserve a place of esteem and all this kind of thing. Right. That's dangerous. So we talked about this in another podcast. It, it, it can lead to mental health issues. I believe if you have that kind of attitude, um, yeah. and it can certainly lead to, um, bad kind of toxic behavior. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this kind of, um, chastising people, like uh, imagining that you're in a place of moral superiority where you can, um, cast moral aspersions on, on people without ever looking in a mirror, uh, and noticing that some of your yeah. own qualities aren't too hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing too much of that. I mean, not that I have many healthcare workers in my social media circles yeah. or anything like that. But the one thing that came to mind, and this actually brings it back to the whole tribal mentality, some nurse I know, and yeah, all credit to healthcare workers, posted something like some really technical medical jargon and basically said, if you don't understand what this means, you're not allowed to comment on the pandemic, right? Right. And so it's like, so because I'm not a nurse (laughs) and I don't know how to treat someone, I have no right to comment on government yeah. programs on best policies yeah. and it's again it's so mirrors um you know oh if you're not gay you can't comment on pride parade if you're not right. black you can't comment on uh affirmative action and and yeah. all of this bs and and it's interesting to me because i i from my limited knowledge there was much more of a you know um a career based tribalism in the past yes. but it's kind of faded and so it's interesting to see that we have such a tribal kind of ethos now that it, it can still pop up like that because um, it's right. the same exact mentality. If you're not one of us, you can't even comment. If you're one of us, you have to agree. Yeah, no, that, that's right. And, and you know, it's that there, and I will say that I think most healthcare workers actually are pretty good, right? We, we see the mm-hmm. outliers. We see the loud voices, the people yeah. that are, that feel like morally bolstered or something by mainstream. But I know, you know, for example, I I was talking with a friend of mine who's an ER physician and he's a, he's a PhD. He's also a researcher and teaches med students. Um, 
and he he's been posting things regularly just the straight raw data like he's made some predictions based on different modelings based mm-hmm. on his research he's testing different models out to see so very academic dude who is very libertarian as well mm-hmm. and i i wanted to interview him just to get his take because i i mainly to debunk myths out there like uh, PCR testing, explain how that works, explain some of these uh, ideas out there that they're not actually like there's this idea that they're only testing for coronaviruses in general, not this specific strain, SARS-CoV-2 right. or whatever. And I wanted him to comment, you know, I wanted to get him on just to clear up some information, some questions that I've, I've been seeing out there. Uh, and he said uh, he, he would normally say yes, but right now he's nervous because right. you know, the, the, the college of physicians and surgeons uh, is, is, really watching people. And we're seeing this too. I mean, there was those two physicians in the U S who spoke out and said, look, um, we're, they expressed serious concerns about the lockdown and everyone jumped on them in the medical community that the, the American Academy of Emerge physicians and a few other organizations, you know, tried to debunk their claims and, and, uh, they kind of missed the point of what those guys were saying by focusing on some of the, the, errors or problems with making extrapolations from their work. But, you know, it's very, it takes a lot of courage and it's very difficult for healthcare workers to speak, to to express any dissent from the mainstream right now. Uh, I'll just leave it at that, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, it is the outliers, but it's the, that kind of, we hear causing the issues because most people don't have an opinion, right? Most people don't actually have a broad opinion about are the lockdowns good or not? Cause they don't actually think yeah. about the issues properly and they either say, okay, right. yeah, it makes sense. Or, Oh no, maybe it doesn't make sense. But I, again, that's the same with all of these tribes, right? It's the vocal yeah. minority that stirs up and most people just want to live their lives and, and go about it. But it's really unfortunate that, yeah, there's that there is this kind of, culture-wide inability to dissent, inability, like fear of speaking your mind, right? And it's really uh, just troublesome and problematic, and especially in an important field, right? Like, I can't imagine my background's engineering if, you know, some engineers, I don't know if that's the case, weren't able to speak their minds about like some engineering catastrophe or some sort of standard that was really going wrong, um, yeah. But they felt they couldn't speak out because the engineering groupthink was elsewhere. It's like that would be catastrophic. Um, yeah, and and this, and this isn't even a medical question or a science question, right? It's right. it's a values and a, an epistemological question. It's you know because because none of these people who are supporting science and public health. Don't you tell us him? Can tell us what the metric is for when government can initiate force right. against us or use force against us, right? What would the threshold be? Well, they're saying, okay, uh, for sure, a three percent fatality rate, government can impose lockdowns on us. What about a point one percent fatality rate? What about a point zero five percent fatality rate? What about a point zero zero five percent? Like, at what point? Where's the threshold? What does science say about that? And science has absolutely nothing to say no, about that. That is a complete subjective value judgment, uh, you know, for these people. Um, I, I, they're like, when, when my 
fear is alleviated, then the lockdowns can come. That, that's essentially right. what it amounts to for these people, right? Whereas right. you and I, we have a systematic epistemology about how to think about these things. And we've thought very deeply about these. And so that, that number doesn't matter. All it, that, that, that risk matters to me as an individual because that tells me what kind of, whether I quit my job, for example, like if the fatality mm-hmm. rate was 100%, I'd probably quit my job. Uh, right. You know, and I might not leave my house until all the food was gone. And then I'd be very careful about taking all sorts of precautions, going out in a hazmat suit to, yeah. to go out and get the groceries or something like that. Um, but that's for me to decide mm-hmm. when I can leave the house or not. And I may have to leave the house in order to survive, even if it's a hundred percent fatality rate out there, if I right. get the virus, I'm just going to have to take precautions. That's that informs. So the science informs me as an individual, uh, but it, it never says it never, the science never gives me the right as an individual to point guns at people and uh, initiate violence against them. Right. All right. Any last first, thoughts? First, first do no harm. That's my last thought. First, do no harm. Take your, your oath as a healthcare provider. Seriously, oh. do not initiate force. Do not advocate for the initiation of force. That is my message to healthcare providers. You can't call yourself a healthcare provider if you initiate force against people or advocate for it. So be careful what you're asking for. Think a little bit about it. This isn't just about feelings. It's about facts and it's about um, the reality of, of the, the reality of what you're doing. Thanks, Tim. Yes, that's it. Yeah, thank you, David.